walking along by the River Rye here in Kildare as the water rushes by, I'm reminded of something Richard Collins, the environmental writer, once said to me. Rivers are like life itself. They're, they're, they're flowing, fast and slow, ups and downs, beginning in purity and ending up polluted and complex and carrying all kinds of baggage down where they hit <laughs> In this case, the Liffey, but uh, normally they hit the sea, exhausted, they slow down, and they deposit their load. He's right. The rye is a perfect metaphor for life, with all its twists and turns. There are parts that fly by, and then there's times when the river just takes its time and enjoys the view. And just like any life, this river has its fair share of stories to tell. From its long and checkered history to the wildlife that call it home, to the people who fish here and conservationists who study and take care of the river. That's what this series is all about. I'm Liam Geraghty and this is Stories from the Rye. God was making kingfishers. He must have been having a laugh or something because he said, you have to eat fish but you can't swim. So if we maintain the water quality or we slowly improve the water quality, we can then secure those ecological functions, the things that we benefit from having a good, intact, well-functioning river system. Today, I wanted to give you an introduction to the Rye, in case you're not a Kildare person like myself. And I could think of no one more suited to help me with that than John Sweeney. Well, I'm John Sweeney. I'm Emeritus Professor of Geography at Maynooth University. I've been there well over 40 years at this stage. I've also done a lot of work in the local community around here in Maynooth over the years. And although I'm a climatologist, I'm quite interested in in local environmental issues as well as global environmental issues. Well, the Rye River is a tributary of the Liffey, and to understand the Rye, I think we have to understand the, the rather strange course which the Liffey takes, which if you, if you think about it, it travels south out of the Wicklow Mountains, then goes west towards Newbridge, and then goes north. And when it gets to Leakslip, it joins up with this small river called the Rye. That's quite a journey. The reason for this convoluted course really relates to the the glacial history of the area where water from the Wicklow Mountains as the ice melted back in the last glaciation found it difficult to escape and it created a huge lake which corresponds closely to the Blessington Lake at the moment but that eventually overflowed to the south and that where the course of the Liffey was established. But it couldn't go much further to the west, of course, to the Shannon, because there was also an ice mass there. So it was deflected north. And by the time it got to Leak Slip, then it began to add tributaries to it. And perhaps the most important one was the Rye itself. And the Rye is a very It was quite a short stream. It's only about, I suppose, 30 kilometers in length. It rises just to the, the west of Kilcock, and it really goes in a west to east course, maybe towards the southeast rather than anything else where it joins the Liffey. That 
that direction tells us a little about where the Rye River itself has originated because to the west of Pilcock, there is a, a fairly large moraine complex called the Galtrum Moraine. And this was where the ice stood still for a while as it was retreating. And so water poured out of it as it melted and poured out towards the east. And it's that kind of meltwater origins that probably formed the, the River Rye initially. So it follows a course then towards the east. It drains a basin of about 60 to 100 square kilometres, which is quite small. And the river itself was subject to quite a lot of butchering over the years, especially in the 1950s when, like many rivers in Ireland, it was subjected to fairly brutal straightening arterial drainage to try and get the the river to avoid flooding and to improve drainage for the nearby agricultural areas. So it was straightened out. Did people just not know any better back then, John? Yes, I think that's true. I mean, we didn't appreciate the, the, I suppose, ecological value and the biodiversity value of rivers at the time. And many parts of Ireland were subject to quite brutal arterial drainage where you simply put a bulldozer into the middle of the river and try to dredge and deepen it and also to straighten it because by straightening it, you avoided the the kind of meandering and and flood risk in certain areas that otherwise might occur. And we see many rivers in Ireland, especially in Western Ireland, where the the spoil heap was simply piled up on the banks, formed a kind of levee on the bank. And this created other problems that when the river did breach its banks, the, the water couldn't even get back into the river. So it was, I suppose, a misinformed attempt to improve drainage for agriculture, especially in places which were boggy or or which were prone to flooding. Methods like those had consequences for the ecology of the river in particular. It was this kind of issue which prompted Intel in the late 1980s, I think it was, to to start trying to recreate a more natural river, at least in the area through which it flowed, which they had control of. And so they created a lot of little riffles and pools, which was something that was badly needed to help fish which sought to spawn. And pools, of course, are where fish rest and where they find sufficient water in dry periods. And and so this was one of the, the main objectives that they undertook at that time. Also, of course, they wanted, I think, to, to be clear that none of the problems of the river would be caused by the emerging Intel plant. And so water quality was carefully monitored at the entrance and the exit of the Intel plant. Another interesting thing about the Rye River's origins is that it's been flowing over lime-rich soils and over limestone pebbles and gravels, the output of that glacier John mentioned. And these limestone-rich beds have been very useful to the flora and fauna of the Rye. They provide a kind of alkaline environment. They provide, in the gravels, they provide very good spawning for salmonoid species of fish in particular. And that has made the river 
I suppose historically quite a good river for, for angling, quite a good river in terms of the richness of its biodiversity. Until relatively recently, it was a very clean river. It had species which were quite indicative of good water quality, like the, the white clawed crayfish, like salmon spawn, like brown trout. And also, of course, it had a lot of very useful macroinvertebrates. It had lots of mammals like the, the pygmy shrew, badgers, foxes, hares, fallow deer and otter. And all of these were indicative of a river which was healthy and which was really in, in a good state. The other aspect that's important is that because of those attributes and especially around Carton Estate, the river was declared a special area of conservation. Some of the, the sort of valuable species that were, were found there were things like quarrel snails, which are a, a species which has to be protected under the Habitats Directive. So all of that is good. And while the quality of the water in the river has historically been good, in recent years it's deteriorated. To some extent, I think this is because of the, the urbanisation which has gone on in the catchment. This has been an area subject to intense pressures for new residential developments. So towns like Leakslip, Kilcock and Maynooth have effectively messed up, I think, the, the quality of the river as they have grown. And there have been problems in recent years of, of septic tanks, for example, there have been problems of storm overflows, for example, going into the river. And even in one instance, the failure of the sewage treatment system at Maynooth didn't help the quality of the river at all. And then again, also in more recent years, we've seen those areas that have not been urbanised have been areas which agriculture has become more intensive in, where we've seen increases in fertiliser runoff taking place into the river and pressures for eutrophication occurring in the river as a consequence. Eurification is when too many nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus are present in the river. And so algae, plankton and other microorganisms end up taking over because they love those types of nutrients. The river has has had its problems and its quality rating now by the EPA in many places is moderate only. In some places it's poor and some of its tributaries, such as the Lyrene, which flows through Maynooth, has been a particularly difficult river to maintain quality in. And this has been something that has badly affected the quality of the rye itself.
The Rye has a very interesting passage through Leakslip, of course, because the, the Royal Canal flows over the top of it in, in a great aqueduct, which is still one of the great civil engineering feats of the early 19th century. When the people were digging for the canal there, they found what we now call Leakslip Spa. They found an area, a spring, which was warm water, which fed into the rye, ultimately, and where water, much to their surprise, was coming up of the ground at 23 degrees centigrade. That's something I think that we really <laughs> may well find a valuable asset in the future in terms of, of the energy use which might be made of that. But that particular uh, spa became a tourist attraction. I read somewhere that on one day in the, maybe it was the end of the 18th century when they were digging out the canal, something like 55 carriages rolled up. And it became a place like Lucan Spa, where people came to take the waters. And that water ultimately, of course, does feed in as well to the Rye. John, it's remarkable to hear the origins of the rye and how it's been shaped over thousands of years. But in our lifetime, in this small pocket in time, can we have a positive impact in its story? I think we can. You know, there's a remarkable resilience about the natural world. You know, if we create the conditions for productivity and for biodiversity to thrive, then they jump at the opportunity. Uh, I think we saw, for example, with the, the COVID crisis last year, the extent to which the natural world sort of resumed its, its activities with a vengeance while human people were locked up in their rooms looking out at them. And I think it's true that, you know, we, we can restore a river. It takes time and it takes effort and it takes uh, care, but it's a matter of priorities. The, the difficulty we have at the moment with the rye is principally the fact that we have what's called diffuse pollution, where it's kind of difficult to find a source and shut it off because it's coming in sheets from fertilizer or slurry runoff. It's coming from badly maintained septic tanks or it's coming from storm overflow from a variety of, of, of urban areas around and things like washing machines located in garages which simply go into drains rather than into the main sewage system. So, you know, it's a big job to do it. But I think, you know, it's something that we, we should take charge of because it, it, it is, as I say, a kind of a lung for western parts of the Dublin metropolitan area. We will need these areas in the future generations to, to provide recreational outlets, to provide people with, with exercise as well as providing them with a taste of nature, which is not simply an urban park or a, or, or a concrete jungle of some sort. So I think we can make that river back, to some extent at least, to its original glory, but it will take a really determined effort on the part of county councils in terms of planning, in terms of engineering structures, and in terms of a dedication to ensure that we don't put stuff into the river which is not helpful.
So there you have it, an introduction to the River Rye, with all its winding complexities and calm beauty. As we walk further down the river throughout this series, we'll meet anglers, freshwater biologists and wildlife experts to hear more stories from the Rye. Stories from the Rye is proudly produced by Intel Ireland. For now, I'm going to leave the last word on the Rye with John Sweeney. It's a little river which has a very interesting history. It is an asset which has a lot of potential. It's an asset which therefore I think we should look at quite seriously in terms of, of trying to protect for the future. Mm-hmm.